0: Lord, we thank you and praise you for always being in our life and giving us the courage
1: to praise your great name. In your son's name, amen. Thanks, Jim. Uh, As Laura said, Steve has a video message for us this morning. He recorded this message several weeks ago and knowing that he was going to be out. Uh, this particular week he 's doing well, and he asked me to share uh, he, he, matter of fact, he was in the office a, a few minutes on Friday afternoon or Friday morning when we were in the cleaning, and I got a chance to see him, and he looks and acts like Steve so that 's good, but he 's kind of discomfort and in little, little pain. He asked me to share this message with you. He said, "I want to thank all of you who have reached out to me in the last week and a half. It sincerely touches my heart." Thank you to all of you who have been praying for my recovery. I'm feeling pretty good and very much appreciate this time to rest. Karen and I look forward to seeing you soon. So with that, Steve will share his video video message.
2: Well, good morning, Countryside Church family. I have a question for you. Have you ever been a door-to-door salesman uh, you know the gig you uh, ring the doorbell or you knock on the door and uh, you're hoping that somebody shows up so that you can do your best to uh, to get them to open the door and uh, sell it whatever you're you're selling when I was in high school I was a part of junior achievement and uh, had the opportunity to uh, sell a game called the make it in Rockford game and I uh, We would go around door to door trying to sell this thing and trying to do our very best. And uh, I'd ring the doorbell and on some occasions there would be people that come to the door, on other occasions they wouldn't. And uh, statistically, statistically they say that uh, if you knock on 90 doors, that uh, 30 of those doors, Uh, People are not even going to open the door. They're not even going to acknowledge that you're there. And uh, another 30 of those doors, uh, they're going to open it up. They're going to see that you're trying to sell something and they're going to close the door. 24 of those people are going to open the door and they're going to give you 30 seconds of their time and only six are actually going to open the door and listen to what you have to say. Here's a question. Does God open the door? Does God open and shut doors in our life? You know, I do believe that God does open some doors and he closes other doors, and he does that for good reason. He loves us. He always knows what's best, and sometimes locked doors are very uncomfortable. Sometimes your job feels like it's a locked door, and sometimes your health, it feels like it's a locked door, and sometimes uh maybe when you were younger maybe you asked some girl out and she just flat out shut the door right on you and maybe you asked some boy out and he just shut the door on you real quick and maybe that ended up being a very good thing you know god opens doors and he closes doors and so this morning we're going to take a look at uh maybe there's good reasons maybe there's three doors or three good reasons that God closes doors. And maybe there are keys that we can put in place to unlock some doors. And so we're going to take a look at that right now. God does, in fact, close doors on us. And it's usually for a very good reason. Uh, In the Old Testament, we know that the nation of Israel had turned their back on God They were no longer living for him. They had brought other false gods into their country. And and God finally had enough and he needed to teach them something. And so he uh, uh, he shut the door. In fact, we read about it in the book of uh, Second Chronicles, chapter seven. And it says, uh, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people. Why would God close off the rain, bring in the locusts, allow no crops to grow? Why was he completely shutting down their land? The reason was, is that God needed to get their attention. God closes doors to get people's attention. Or when you're not getting what you think you want, or you feel like God has left you, all of a sudden you kind of turn and you look to God, and you know He's trying to get your attention. We we kind of know what that's like. Have you ever been in a situation where um, uh, guys, uh, uh, maybe you've went uh, uh, to your wife and you said, "Hey, what's going on, honey? How are you doing, honey?" And and she'll kind of look the other way, and uh, uh, you know, "Do you need anything? Is anything wrong?" And she'll look and say, uh, "Nothing. Nothing is wrong." is wrong. And and you know that there's something wrong, but she's communicating very clearly. There's nothing wrong, but there is something wrong. And all of a sudden it gets our attention and it draws us in. God will do that. God will close a door because he wants us to turn our attention toward him. Well, as we read through the book of Acts, we see that the apostles traveled all around preaching the good news of the gospel of jesus christ they traveled in what we now know as italy and up into where turkey is and all along the mediterranean sea and jordan and the area of the dead sea and uh, place after place after place the apostles would travel and tell people about jesus Their motives were on track with God. And you would think that whatever they wanted to do would always be moving forward to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, why would God close any doors for them? But interestingly enough, in the book of Acts chapter 16, we read that Paul and his companions traveled throughout the regions of Phrygia and of Galatia, having been kept, having been kept, they weren't allowed to go by the holy spirit uh, from preaching the word in the province of asia and so why would god close the door to uh, and keep them from going and preaching somewhere well maybe it's exactly that simple uh, maybe god needed to give them a new direction have you ever had times in your life when God would close a door to give you new direction? Uh, Maybe you want to change jobs, or maybe you want to go live in another uh, location, and all of a sudden, you realize that God is opening some doors, and he's closing some other doors in order to give you a better, a new direction. In fact, in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 18, God makes it pretty clear who he is. He says, I am the living one. I was dead and behold, I am alive forever and ever and I hold the keys. God's making it really, really clear. If I want to give you a new direction, I'll give you a new direction. Maybe God is communicating no to us very, very clearly because what he has in store for us later is a better yes. And God wants us to pay attention about the direction that we are headed. Well, I hope that you're writing these down. Uh, God can close uh, doors for a lot of different reasons. And one of them is to get our attention. Another one is to give us a new or change our direction And uh, this last door I want to talk about is that maybe God is trying to build our character. Just build our character. Uh, Jesus was teaching and he was uh, telling a story about what the kingdom of heaven uh, is sort of like. And in the book of Luke chapter 18, he tells this story. He said, said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. So he wasn't a good judge judge he he didn't care about God or men and and so he's talking about the kingdom of heaven and so the point that he's going to be making is that God does care about men he loves us and so he's a better judge than this guy and uh, there was a widow in the town who kept coming to him with the plea what was the plea grant me justice against my adversary this judge says for some time he refused now why would God close that door? Why wouldn't he why would he not hear the plea? Well the story goes on and it says this. It says, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, this bad judge did, but we're talking about the good judge God. Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice. So that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. What's that story about? Why would God close that door and not let her come? Well, she needed to keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back. Oh, that was building her character. She was becoming more determined in the Lord as she went. Her patience was being tested and her patience was expanding and she was learning. Sometimes God just wants to build our character and so he closes a door and we might have to fight a little bit to get through it and keep going back to God, keep going back to God, keep going back to God. Something that's interesting in the Old Testament, we know that God went to Abraham, Father Abraham, the father of the entire nation of Israel, right? And God goes to him and he says, I am going to give you a son. And you would think that, wow, he's going to have a son. It's going to happen today or next week or or in just nine months. But Abraham's son did not arrive for 25 years after the promise was made. Maybe there were some things about Abraham and his character that needed to be developed and grown. And so God kept that door closed for 25 years. But God loves us, and sometimes he closes doors. And so we see that, uh, in fact, God will close doors. And uh, maybe he does that to get our attention. Maybe he does that to give us a new direction. Maybe he does that to build our character. But we've already read that uh, God is the one that holds the keys. And uh, he can unlock those doors as well. Is there anything that God wants us to do? Does the Bible teach us that there are ways that uh, when we are obedient to God, uh, we can get those keys and uh, unlock some of those doors or have God unlock those doors? And I think that there is. So we've probably all experienced times in our life when uh, God's trying to get our attention and things don't seem to be going forward like we might want them to. And so, what is the key to getting that door to open up? Well, take a look at what Scripture says here. We started off earlier and we said, "When I shut up the heavens, so that there is no rain, and command locusts to devour the land, so or send a plague among my people, then if if they will do this, if they feel like there's that job that they're trying to get and it doesn't seem to come, if." If there's some other situation where you you just know, God, how come this isn't happening? How come it isn't happening? And, And God's trying to get our attention. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Clearly, God is calling for us to enter into a time of repentance and reflection, and that we would be sort of pondering, why isn't this moving forward for me? Why isn't this door being opened? Why does it seem to be locked shut? And so we can grab a hold of the key of repentance and reflection and just begin to ask God How is it uh, that you want me to change? What do I need to do different? Help help me have a new perspective and so that I might reflect on you more than what I want. Then God will heal their land. Maybe that's the way that God goes about opening that door for you in your life. So maybe you have come to the conclusion that in fact, uh, God is trying to get your attention and repentance And reflection is the key. But maybe you're in a situation where uh, you feel like the door is closed because God is trying to give you a new direction. You've tried to go down a path several different times, and it's not working out at all. And so maybe God is trying to get you to go in another direction. And maybe this is the key. Maybe acceptance is the key. Accepting that God has a different plan for you. There are several examples of that in scripture. And maybe you remember in the book of Luke chapter 15, the story of the prodigal son. You know the story. The prodigal son goes to the father and says, give me my half of the inheritance. And he gets it. And then what does he do? He takes off and he says, I know what I'm going to do with my money. I'm going to do whatever I want with it. I'm going to live however I want with it. I'm going to go and indulge my wildest fantasies. I'm going to go where I want to go and do what I want to do. But eventually, where does he end up? He ends up eating and sleeping and living with the pigs. And he comes to the conclusion, there's got to be a better plan for my life. And so he goes back to the father and he seeks forgiveness. And he says, help me to accept the situation that I'm in because I am desperately willing to do whatever you want me to do and be where you want me to be and go where you want me to go because my plan isn't working out so well. He just had to accept the fact that the plan that he had wasn't a very good plan. The same exact thing happened to the apostle Paul. We read about it earlier. They were trying to get into uh, Asia Minor and they couldn't go. Well, we know that Paul gave his heart to the Lord and lived for the Lord. And Paul completed three different missionary journeys. And he always ended up exactly where God wanted him to be because he was accepting that God had a plan and an idea and he knew what was best. And so he would turn over to that plan and God would open those doors. He wasn't uh, no longer needing to get a new direction. He had given him heart over to, God, I want to be where you want me to be and I'll accept the situation that I'm in. Maybe you remember the story in the book of Numbers, chapter 22, of Balaam. And uh, Balaam was a wicked prophet, and he was on his way to go do a favor for the Moabites, uh, who were the enemies of God, and God did not want him to go there. He wanted him to not have anything to do with it. But Balaam had said in his heart and his mind, this is the direction that I want to go. And then what did God do? Remember, as as Balaam was making his way down the path, all of a sudden the donkey stops and it won't go any further. And he needs to get a new direction and the donkey won't go any further. And Balaam gets mad and starts to beat on the donkey. And finally, uh, uh, God reveals to the uh, to both Balaam and the donkey that God had put an angel right in front of them. And finally, uh, the donkey turns around and looks at uh, Balaam and rebukes Balaam for uh, for uh, Balaam beating on him. And all of a sudden, God uses this donkey to communicate to Balaam: "You're going in the wrong direction. You're not going where I want you to go." He just had to simply accept. Okay, God. Hey, your way is better than my way. Sometimes in life, God closes doors because he knows what is best for us. And he wants us to accept that he has a new direction for us. And then embrace the idea, maybe my way is not right. Maybe I need to rethink this and be where God wants me to be. And finally, what if that door that is being locked up Uh, is the door to build our character usually we don't like that one Uh, we like to look around the room or maybe look around the culture and say well their character needs to be improved or at least my character is not like their character we often don't like to look in the mirror and say maybe God's trying to change my character But you remember in the story that we read about the widow that kept going back to the judge and kept going back to the judge. The key is Luke 18, three, who kept coming to him with the plea. Kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. Maybe the key to getting that door unlocked is faithful consistency, faithful consistency. I'm just going to keep going back to the Lord faithfully, faithfully, I'm going to surrender myself to the Lord faithfully so that He can work on the character of my life. One of the things I really enjoy doing is I like to run on the treadmill and I like to lift some light weights. I try to run on the treadmill every other day and I try to lift light weights about every other day. And I think we would all agree it would be kind of foolish. Uh, If I only worked out uh, two times a year, and every time that I went back to work out, uh, I would say, well, I haven't made any improvement in my life, right? I think we would all agree it'd even be foolish uh, if I only worked out uh, once a month and then expected to go back the next month and say, I haven't made any improvement in my life. What it requires is faithful consistency. Some people look at attending church or reading their Bible or developing a prayer time as something they'll only do on occasion and wonder why they're still behind the locked door. I think God is calling us to be faithfully consistent and that we would work at it and get in the habits of reading our Bibles and spending time in prayer. And making a commitment that we're going to be in church week after week after week. And that that we would be be faithfully consistent in those things. I believe God loves us. He doesn't want to shut us down or lock us up. He wants us to grow and advance in Him. He teaches us that, that He will do things that will prevent us from hurting ourselves. He will also allow us to hurt ourselves if it helps Him. But what he's always looking for is that we would be moving in the direction of him. There's one more door that God does give us full control and authority over. It's all us. Well, the door that uh, God puts us in charge of and uh, really gives us the keys... Uh, Jesus uh, describes it in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20, when Jesus says, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And Jesus is talking about whether or not we will accept him as our Lord and our Savior whether or not we will reject him or we will accept him whether or not we will let him into our heart or we will not Jesus loves us you know what John 3:16 says it says for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son and whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life God wants us to open the door of our heart and let Jesus in he wants us to be baptized into Christ that we can be given the gift of the Holy Spirit, which works inside of us and helps us to go where God wants us to go so that we can recognize closed doors and we can do what he wants us to do to open up those doors. Jesus loves us. He died on the cross for our sins. He wants to be involved in our life. If you don't know Jesus... Make sure that you are communicating with somebody that knows Jesus. Give your life to Him. It's always best when you live for Christ.
1: I'm not sure how much Steve knew that Jim would be talking about the prodigal son in his community meditation. I'm not even sure that he knew that he was going to be preaching this sermon on graduation Sunday, the day we honor our graduates. But uh, he hit the nail right on the head, didn't he, with the doors. Jacob and Jaden, high school doors are closed for you, right? You're not going back to Erie High School as a student anymore. You've got something else in mind. and God has a plan for you too. Um, Sarah, Sarah, where are you? Here she comes, one baby in hand. Sarah's Sarah's the chairman of the, the uh, Christian Ed department, and she has a little presentation she would like to make.
0: All right, yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah. Steve pretty much nailed it on the head there, like Wayne said. Uh, it's hard to believe I was I graduated over ten years ago already, and. You hit some, uh, hit some doors, you apply for a lot of jobs, and he gives you twins to build your character. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's all very true. So uh, on behalf of the congregation, we would like you guys to come up front to present a gift and also to hear about your exciting Plans for now that you're in the real world. <laughs> so come on up. Just what now. Yeah, what are okay. you planning so, on doing? Um, I'm working full time right now. Then this fall, I go to Blackhawk to get my EMT license. Um, then hopefully, by when I'm 20, I can start applying for full time firefighter jobs. So, okay.
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Blackhawk and then I'll transfer to your university. Okay. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Right. The best unsolicited advice you'll get is to read your Bible, and I'm sure everyone else will have advice for you, too, because that's what you get on graduation Sunday. <laughs> um, we just want to w- welcome everybody down to the gym. We have graduation cake, and if you want to talk to them, and um, yeah, just come and uh, have some fellowship together, so please come on down. Good.